Hello and welcome to La Vie Podcast with myself, Andre Marie. I'm a salon owner, hairstylist, content creator of some sort, and a mama. Join me every week for an insight on my thoughts, lessons, laughs, some chit-chats, and everything in between, because life can be messy and I like to talk about it. So grab a cuppa and join me. started great hello everybody and welcome back to la vie podcast with myself andre marie as you already know this season i'm exploring different women in my life that inspire me people who are my friends people that i know um a lot of the guests that i've got lined up in the next few weeks are people that i care about deeply i've met along the way of my journey as a mum and a hairdresser and i just want to have i just want to capture some of the chit chats that we have privately on this podcast so today I've got V I call her V many people call her V but you might know her as Z Chanda we met like maybe less than a year ago actually and um there's always that one person that you meet and instantly you have a nice connection with and that's what the, the case between me and V and I love her to bits she's a lovely lovely soul mm-hmm. and I find that she is just a lovely person to be around and I love her spirit and yeah, she's a celebrity makeup artist, freelancer, and welcome to the show, V. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Get... <laughs> oh, a big up, isn't it? Yeah, I'm literally here smiling like. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like I want to talk about a lot of the things that we chat about on a regular, but. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that people know there are different types of women out there mm-hmm. who do different amazing things who are not necessarily, you know, I don't know, doing, they're, you're doing bits basically. And I think every woman's story is an interesting story mm-hmm. and I find yours very inspiring. So mm-hmm. this is just like one of our normal chit chats. I know it's quite nerve wracking because it's going out to the world. Right. But yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the things that um, I'm going to let you start off with is tell me a little bit about you. Uh-huh. And how you came about being an MUA. Okay. A little bit about me. I always find this a bit of a harder, hard question. But um, in a nutshell, my name is V Chanda. I am... Um, a little bit about me. I am a celebrity makeup artist. Also, I guess, as they would call, I guess, an influencer. Somebody that works online. Um, as well as, um, yeah, a mother. And I dibble and dabble in business. Sounds a bit odd, isn't it? Dibble and dabble. <laughs> dibble and dabble in in legal, business. Legal business. And you know what? I, I, I try not to use entrepreneur because it, it, like, when I was in Zambia, that title was rinsed so much. I try not to use it. But I guess I should just say entrepreneur, right? But <laughs> I just... Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's entrepreneur is whatever you want it to be so I right. I do think that the name gets rinsed a lot yeah so I but like I just, yeah. It, it kind of describes it's it's kind of like a broad way of describing that you do things your own way in right my opinion. right yeah um, yeah yeah so when did you want um, to when did you think you um, know what I want to be a makeup artist you know uh, this was about this is like a journey that started I want to say 12 years ago now when I read okay. the years in um, I initially started doing hair. So I used to train with Tony and Guy. So I used to like cut and 
do cut and blow dryers with Tony. Come and see me, Chandra. <laughs> so you're a whole hairdresser. I would not know what to do. But that's how I started. Because initially at school, when I was at school, I used to think, oh, I used to do people's hair at school. And I used to just love that feeling of like, you know, when I'm finished doing the girl's hair and she just feels like really good about herself and she's looking at herself and like, you know, just, just proud. So I fell in love with that feeling. So I went, I went in to do hair and then I started the journey of makeup. I um, bought a eBay, a kit on eBay for less than £400. I always forget the figure. I want to say 300 350 somewhere around there. I bidded for a kit. So I'm assuming it was like an old, it was a makeup artist's kit or somebody's kit. They basically sold a kit. So I bidded for that. I borrowed the money to get this kit. Um, and I finally got this makeup kit. I was so excited. And yeah, the journey started from there. And I literally started practicing on myself. I started like practicing on my friends. Anybody I could practice on, I was just practicing, like doing all these. I saw some of these pictures, some of the pictures. I'm actually going to post them actually of me doing one of my really good friends' makeup, Yinka. If you ever see the eyeshadow. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I <laughs> the pictures I have of me doing hair prior to me actually training. Yeah. Nah. That like, that wasn't the look. It was it, not it was the look. So dead. Exactly. So dead. But I was so excited. I was like, yeah, those are the cane rows. Right. That's, that's yeah. the look. That's the ponytail. Exactly. Dead. Dead, yeah. I say. Right. But I was just so determined, like, no, I want to do this. I I don't know what triggered the makeup side of things but I remember it was like I just wanted to do makeup I wanted to be good at it I knew I, I just felt like I would just be amazing at it and I just practiced 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 and then I started um obviously from working in Tony and Guy I was I had a few people that you know we do shoots and stuff and I would assist on shoots and whatnot so I would like still assist on shoots and then started offering my services basically saying I could do makeup I can do this like you know so I was assistant assist I assisted on shoots and just offered my services basically I just worked whenever I could work and however I could work whether it was just making teas on set just so that I can get myself in there I basically just went in I went in and I went in and then um yeah and then my first official job paid job was this um it was a feature film and I remember um, someone calling me, a guy that I had met, he was a photographer, I think, and he called me, he said, oh, yeah, and I remember you said that you do makeup, um, can you do this feature film, it's a, it's a low budget, but, you know, they basically need you, they need a makeup artist, and so forth, and I was like, yeah, of course I can do it, like, yeah, like, great, I've, like, yeah, this is great, I had to figure out, <laughs> right, I was like, yeah, of course I can, and then he was like, okay, so what we're going to need is we're going to need you to, um, make this man look dead um and it's a scene of this and that and I'm like hey (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about all that because uh, what happened was but (laughs) I didn't I didn't say I couldn't do it I was like oh yeah well yeah sure when I told you Google was my friend that night I was googling everything and mind you I only had this one kit I didn't have no special effects makeup I didn't have none of that none so now I Googled some stuff and I end up getting talcum powder. And wow. Yeah, I remember, I remember I got talcum powder and there's something else that I got that I didn't have. I think it was Vaseline that I didn't have in my kit. And I went on this shoot um, 
and I made this man look dead. And thank God it worked. And it was great. And they were like, oh, you know, this is, this is brilliant. Like, you know, V, you've done a great job. Like, this is that. And, you know, I did. And at that job, I just had the hardest things I had. And I had Asian ladies, you know, with the eyes, the hooded eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I had two Asian ladies and I had this man that I had to look dead. And I'm like, yo, that God, did you, like, you really like, did me in for my first paid job. And um, I remember going into the toilet and just thinking, God, please. Like, and then I went in, I did it. So I made the man look dead. Then I had these hooded, these Asian ladies, the Chinese, you know, their eyes. And you wanted wing liner and so forth. And I'm like, so I'm putting the wing. I do the wing. The lady closes her eyes. She opens it. The wing is gone. And I'm like, whoa. Her eyeshadow was sinking into her eyes. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Magic tricks. (laughs) Literally. So I was just like, I learned on job. Literally learned on job. I literally kept on taking it off and figured it out in the end. And it was great. Um, Yeah. And then the rest is history. And I just carried on. I carried on that way. And through basically like, I've always said that my clients have always been the one that's promoted me. I've never had to like, pay for promotion I've never had to um I've never had an agent or any of that but literally because of the word of mouth mastered the art of just doing my best in everything that I did and it worked for me and it worked so then I would get referred on and referred on and referred on and eventually was found by you know even the celebrities got referred referred on referred on referred on and yeah and it's just been that's literally been my journey Listen, everyone's got that pivotal moment that happens and it sounds like that first moment was the look dead shoot, we're going to call it. Yeah. (laughs) And it it always makes me laugh because a lot of people that do a lot of freelance jobs, people think that they either knew people in the industry in the first place Mm, and stuff like that. So what's something people seem to misunderstand about you? Yeah, that maybe I knew people, for one. Yeah, um, I had a special way of of getting in the industry and like a special way of working with brands, a special way of working with celebrities and stuff like that. But I, the truth is, I didn't. I was just a girl, a single mom that had a dream in my head, and I just had to make it work. My thing was that I wanted to travel and I wanted to work with celebrities through my makeup, and that was my um, that was my goal in my head. So whilst I was working, that was my, you know, uh, what's, what's that word? Inspiration. inspiration. Yeah. Is it inspiration? Yeah, it was yeah, inspiration. That's what kept yeah, that me going. Inspiration. That was like, yeah, that was what was kept, kept me going. So until I got there, I had to keep on, like, just, yeah, it's so weird. It's just, I, I, I can't really explain it. But all I can say is that I just had, I just did my best at everything that I did. I definitely understand what you mean when you say that. I think one of the most misunderstood things about a lot of people that have made it into the industry, whether it's celebrities or even just like getting to a point where people calculate as too fast or how did you get there and I'm here, it's that people forget about the story behind. Like you said, that it's taking you 12 years to get to to, to, to build something that is of passion to you. And people just think, oh, yeah, you know, you were here, You were, it's like you missed out the hard works, the late nights, the confusing days, the crying. So it's definitely 
that question is definitely something that I, I tend to ask because it's a lot yeah. of people just assume that oh, yeah. you had a guy no, um, that no, helped no. you and most no, of the time no. it's like <laughs> I beg which guy which First guy yeah no no guy sponsors no sponsors none of that <laughs> none of that if anything I was working seven days a week for two years straight I worked seven days a week um sometimes crazy hours no breaks with a with a son um, yeah I already know and that was like you know that was because I had to do one job that could that that could fund me and pay my bills, and the other job didn't pay me. But it was my career. It's what I it's what I wanted. It's what was going to push me to to where I am today and where I've kind of the places that I've been. So um, there's definitely no like fancy story behind it. There's being not being paid for shoots, but then having a heavy heavy ass kit to carry with no no transport being being paid for, and traveling train bus however and then getting there and still having the biggest smile on your face and still working like you know like it's just it's just another day when really it's just the it's the 22nd day in a row sick child with your friend because you know no one else can look after him or whatever the case is you know like but I think it's always important to do everything you do with grace because you just don't know when and how, where that's going to lead you to later on, you know? Yeah, definitely. And elaborating on that, I I think before we met, I followed you on Instagram and I remember you did a stint. I'm going to call it a stint, but you did half a year in Zambia, which is mm-hmm. your where you come from. Mm-hmm. And... um. That was really inspiring to me. I was like, so this girl left a whole everything here to go yeah. to a country that, well, people probably don't know her like they know her here. She's built this career here. It's a great mm-hmm. career. And then you yeah. want to basically start again from scratch. Literally. Yeah. And go and basically test it out and get, yeah. I don't know. So tell me a bit about what inspired you to do that because I think that is so brilliant. The only other person I know to have done that is a, a friend of mine called Alison who mm-hmm. took six months off and she was from Canada. She travelled mm-hmm. to different states. I think it was, I want I want to say like 13 countries. I think it mm-hmm. might be more, it might be less. So she went from, yeah. around America, around Europe. Yeah. And she did that so that she could learn from different hairstylists right um so that she could get her skills and she's one of my inspirations because I was like so you left your good good paying job right yeah and you you basically saved up your money Mm -hmm. and you just went to Paris you went to England and that's how we met she then she went to America she went to different states New York and she worked in places for free yeah volunteered so that she can get better at craft and I will never forget her yeah. because I'm just like, how, how amazing is that? That's not what you hear every day. That's you know, it's, not, yeah. it's not something that you hear about, which is why I was definitely attracted to the fact that you left everything and yeah. you went to it's one of the scariest things yeah, to go to a foreign scary. country. And I didn't even know at the time that you had kids. Yeah, all right. Yeah. But when I found out you had kids, I was like, this just, 
this girl, <laughs> she, she, she took up her kids yeah. and go with yeah. her. She took them out of school. And that was even scarier because I was like, well, yeah. uh, definitely a single mom who has everything stable yeah. here. And then she's yeah. going to go not to Paris, not to a country that works like the UK, but to yeah. a complete different place yeah. that has different, just different. And we all know that Africa is different. If I had to go and pick up my children now and go to Ivory Coast, I know that the life would be completely different for people in Ivory Coast to recognise who I am. Number one, the smallest one doesn't even speak a word of... When I speak French to him, he just walks away. So that already... <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about how that came about because I find that that probably is one of the number one things that I find so, so fascinating and inspiring about you. It's crazy when you say it out loud. When you say it out loud, it does sound wild, right? And I'm thinking, wow, it is wild. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going. This is not living in America and then going to um, I don't know, going from New York to LA, which is still a big move. This is this is literally you're going to a whole different place with people that have a different state of mind. Yeah. Africans. Different. I'm going to say that Africans are very different and they accept people from Europe in a very different manner. 100%. Um, 100%. They already think of us in a certain way. So already yeah. that, that fear as well of going yeah. would have, it's not like I'm going to, I don't know, if, I, if, if you're going to, I don't know, LA, yes, it's yeah. different, but at least yeah. there are some parallels in that. But going to, a, like, it's a complete different culture. It's a culture shock, it's a culture change. Yeah. So for me, when I saw that, I was like, nah, she's a G. This, yeah, this one here is a G. <laughs> yeah, it's mad because literally I went to Zambia, must be 2017. I can't, I can't remember the years, but I went 2017 and that was the first time I went in like 21 years or something like that. And um, You hadn't even visited? Ah, mm-hmm, there was no prepping. Come when on. I younger, yeah, apart from when I was younger, but it's the first time I went in that long but then I so I went there and I was just like yeah just kind of literally just went to like family and just to kind of see what's there see what business what I can do what just just no actually you know what I didn't even go there at that point for that I literally just went it was for 10 days and I just went there um and then that trip was like okay I was there and I a few people were recognizing me and it was just like I was like oh okay I didn't know you guys are on my socials like that that's kind of cool then I got like a, a radio interview and like my sister's phone was off popping off literally um while I was there and she was like okay you should actually maybe think about doing a class because obviously I do the master classes and she was like oh you should think about maybe doing a class here I was like yeah you know what you're right like let's just see how it goes or whatever um had a few radio interviews that time round, and I was just like you know what I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna do a class and I went back a few months later and I I hadn't planned a class class yet but I went there and I thought you know what if I, I took I took my stuff took my banners and stuff like that to do a class and I, was, I thought okay I'll kind of play it out see what how it feels and how it kind of how it goes or whatever mm-hmm. I got there and I thought you know what yeah let's just do a class and I was with my friend Brenda, and I was just like, "Yeah, let's do a class next week." And she was like, "What?" She looked at me like I was mad. I was like, "Yeah, we can do a class." <laughs> I had no venue, no nothing, and I was just like, "Yeah, we're gonna do a class. I'm gonna do radio. I'm gonna do TV. I'm gonna let people know that there's gonna be a class, and we're gonna sell 
I think it was like 30 tickets or something like that. No, no, no. Actually, I think it was about 25 tickets. So, um, that, and that was it. Did a class, um, started selling the tickets and the VVIP, VIP sold out that same day. And I then sold the rest of the tickets within like the next three days. So now we had a fully sold out class with no venue. Hmm. <laughs> My friend was having like palpitations. I was like, no, it's good. We're good. We're good. And I saw this, I saw this venue latitude. And I was like, yeah, this is where I want the class to be. Um, and then she was like, you're never going to get the class there. I was just like, yeah, I am. And then um, we went there and they kind of gave some stupid price. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. And then I was like, okay, cool. So then we left. Still no venue, fully sold class. Um, and I was like, okay, we're going to, this is going to work. We're going to do it there. Went back there and I was like, listen, so this is what you're going to do. This is how it's going to work. You're not going to price me the way that you price everybody else. This is how you're going to price me and this is how it's going to benefit you. And this is how we're going to do it. Da, 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 da. Kind of did my whole thing, took my businesswoman hat out and did what we had to do and got the venue. My friend looked at me like, you're mad. I was like, yeah, well, we got the venue though, didn't we? So then I kind of had this way of how they were going to charge us and then it was great had the class that was great sold out it was beautiful amazing class and you know did what we had to do I've obviously I've left now I've come back to London and I thought to myself you know what I should go there for six months like because every time like obviously I was coming back and it was like always people asking me like do interviews and this job here this job there but I wasn't available and I thought I thought to myself you know what I should build my brand in Zambia like, you know, the same way I built my brand here, I should do that in Zambia and kind of take it through Africa. Um, yeah, I think that's so important. Yeah. It's so, so important because right. we concentrate so many of our things here. Africa needs right. the right. same amount of influencers and the love that we give to the Europeans. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Back home. I think it right. definitely, like, it will be so good for the economy. It's giving back. Why shouldn't Why shouldn't we celebrate where we are from? Because we definitely are not one hundred percent celebrated here. It, it it goes over their heads, and you're not going to be paid the same. People will appreciate you back home. So that's definitely the thing that I definitely appreciate about you going back there because it it, it enriched Zambia. It yeah. made Zambia yeah. a place to go. Yeah, and the beautiful thing is, it's like, you know, a lot of makeup artists now do masterclasses there and do, like, even, like, hairstylists or whatever, like, people do classes. There's somebody else that does, like, a um, a class for, like, a finance class, and I feel like, you know, I was able to to open up their their minds to that, and I'm, I love the fact that other people are now using that to make them, like, you know, to make their ends meet out of it or whatever through them seeing me do it and stuff like that which it's is brilliant I, it's absolutely yeah. brilliant I don't I don't even know that when you're doing something like that you realize what you're doing you right. I don't think that people actually see what they're doing mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. they see that because Africa yeah. needs that like it I get I get messages all the time it's like when are you going to come to um are you ever going to tour Africa and blah 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 and let me tell you I have a long yeah. list of excuses about why I shouldn't go or why I can't right. come, and why yeah. you know it's not the greatest idea. 
and especially with what's happening now it's like why am I even what what's the point of doing it here when Mm. there are people who appreciate and want you back home yeah 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 so it's like it's literally it's you know so many different things I've built my brand so I've just made a decision within 31 days like at the beginning of the month I was like yeah that's it I'm gonna go gonna take my youngest one with me she can go to school there my son was doing his GCSEs there and so I was like okay he can stay here he'll come like for half term and the six week holidays um and I'm gonna go for six months and I just took that leap and just just went and again people would assume that you know I had so much support over there and like you know I had this that but no I didn't I just had to like no, I had to trust that. I had to trust my journey. I had to trust that what it was, what it was, what I could see in my head was what was going to happen and more. Yeah. And I did that. And you know, don't get me wrong, it was definitely one of the hardest things, hardest things I've ever had to do in my life because one, I was separating, separating the kids. One, I was away from one child and with another, and then I had to put her in school. I had to find her the right school and you know figure out myself, and then kind of get acquainted with the whole you know the the African culture the times and the you know I had to literally scale back in terms of my branding I had to literally be that girl that is overly selling herself because I had to I had something to prove I had to prove that I had to prove to the to people and to brands over there why they should pay me to to um to promote their brand why they should pay me to be at an event why they should pay me to do this and you know and I had to literally educate them in the way not that I educated the whole of Zambia but in a sense of like in terms of like the industry like influencer type of things makeup artistry and the whole one-to-one classes my master classes like I had to like I had to prove why it was important to pay for a certain service. Yeah. That makes sense. So I had to obviously overwork. And some get underpaid in certain aspects of things just to prove that this is a service and this is what I can deliver. Um, But yeah, it was worth it. It was very lucrative. And it it was a journey that I don't regret taking. And, you know, up to now, I feel like I was able to, to really build my brand to you know to go back to have like a meet and greet and that meet and greet was absolutely insane when I when my brother-in-law sent me a picture of the queues the whole like the the amount of people that are waiting to see me I was like what that I was expecting to have like a meet and greet where you know people just come in and out of the store and stuff but to literally have like crowds of people and the queues outside this um the more I was just like, what the hell for me? <laughs> yes, yeah, you. I Look, when you put back into your country, your country will thank you, especially if it's something that benefits them. People always mm-hmm. want to know how they can make money. Right, right. People always want to know how they can make money. And okay. if you're showing them how to live a life that they've dreamed of, right. may as well be in that queue. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's it was definitely a trip that I definitely don't regret taking. It's definitely one of the hardest things, just just in every aspect of it. But it was yeah, it was great, and I I definitely um due to do that again in other parts of the world. 
like why not we only have one life right you do have one life <laughs> I can't. I'm just like wait you're gonna do it again <laughs> I thought we just concentrated on Zambia, but no, 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 you're going to do somewhere else, yeah, okay. Let's go, let's do this. Well, do you know what, I definitely commend you for doing that, and um, what should I ask you that I didn't know enough to ask? This question, this question baffled me when I wrote it down, because I was like, what should I ask you that I shouldn't know? What should I ask you that I didn't know enough to ask? What's the question that you wish people would ask you, basically? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Because oh. I think there's always one question. Like, I always think that people should ask me, for example, if I had to do this again, would I do it? That's okay. the question I wish people would ask me, rather okay. than oh you've made it blah 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 uh, is it hard and right. it's like that's such a it, is it hard it goes without saying I don't know anything in this world that's not hard right right there's there's always a good and bad but mm. like if you had to do it again would you do it again because there's some things if I had to do it again nah I wouldn't I would have done it mm. in a completely mm. different way or so like that's what that question is yeah I guess I guess it would be that if I would do it, would I do this again? And maybe do I enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely would do it again. And I think I would always be in a, even if, if it would, if it wasn't makeup, I'll probably maybe be like a fashion stylist or something. Or well, you definitely got the fashion I would, down. I would always be a creative. I'm, I, you know, I'm a creative, and I, I do genuinely love that. But it has to involve people. I think one thing that I've really enjoyed about my career has been the people has been like just to, the conversations I've had sometimes have just been mm-hmm. you know and it, it's funny because it's always never really been about me it's always been about my client so mm-hmm. I've always I'm kind of like I've always had that that thing where people will be like oh I don't even know why I'm telling you this or I don't even know maybe I'll be a therapist girl yeah, I don't know because I feel like I do, I really enjoy people and I enjoy people. Um, I enjoy. I'm gonna tell you, as an unofficial therapist, you don't want to be a therapist. I'm an on the things I, I hear from my clients. Yeah, I feel like I'm Yeah, I also feel like I'm unofficial as well. But I, at the same time, doesn't it bring you peace? Like when when you have a conversation with somebody and they come back to you and they're like, oh you know, that advice that you gave me was just so, you know, beautiful and I really, I did this from that or, you know, whatever the case is. And I feel like that's just such a, it's so rewarding for me. I, I think like- for me, because um, one of the things that I've learned with hairdressing is that hairdressing is the crown that we wear on our heads. A lot of women come in and they are either, they, they're going through different walks of life. Like, Right. No, I would say like 2018 to 19, mm-hmm. a lot of my clients were, we were all pregnant at the same time. Wow. Um, so there was like 15 of us that were all kind of pregnant at the same time mm-hmm. and we were all having boys. And I think maybe two of them were having girls. So it was really nice to have that sort of like support group when mm-hmm. they come in and like, oh my God, you're this. And yeah. I, I saw a change in them 
some of them as obviously the babies have come out now everyone's on maternity leave and I saw a change in them in terms of like the confidence the fashion the makeup the people who they used to be Mm. I saw a change not necessarily a negative change but it's like a lot of women lose a little bit of themselves me included in in a sense of I'm not working there's I'm always at home Mm. like the hair wasn't their priority and coming to the hairdressers had a new meaning yeah so like coming to the hairdressers and getting their hair done it's like oh my god I'm so happy I've done this because I've always got my hair in a scrunchie so like I saw um maybe like um like how having children Mm -hmm. definitely and I saw it from myself from my perspective and from other people um I saw people just being not lazy I I think lazy is a really harsh word but you kind of just put all your energy into your children and then it's like especially if you've had like if you've got more than one and stuff like that a lot of women were overwhelmed they didn't know how to go back to being that person that they were before and it was like rediscovering who you were so that is when I think I became more more of an unofficial therapist that actually had insight got you got you when you speak before it's like you're just giving advice that you are programmed it's just your thought process it's just how you think so if someone had told me before that oh you know I've had a baby and I don't know how to think my answer would have been a lot less um with a lot less depth for example I would have been like well you know you have a husband don't you and you know you should do this and you should still go out with your friends and blah 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 and then now that I am a mum yeah I have all of those things. I have friends. I have a husband. And I'm like, but that's not it. It's the mental. Yeah, 100%. But would you have understood? I wouldn't have understood that before. So uh, the insight that you get, obviously, as a growing woman as well, it's it's very different, the advice that I would give. So now I've learned the art of listening to my clients rather than always trying to be the helper and the person that gives advice. Do you know what I mean? So for me, that's, that's what inspires me more now. And the fact that, especially if I have someone that I know they've been waiting, that like they've had their baby, they've gone through the postpartum shedding and they're like, I've had enough. I just want to be me again. And then they come in, they get a haircut. That, them leaving the shop makes me sleep really, really well at night because I know that I've done something that is is ever-changing in their life, in their daily life today. Now when they go off, they've got a little piece of themselves back. And I think that's, for me, that's what inspires me now more than ever is yeah. now I have a more deeper understanding that women come into the shop and yeah. some women just do it because obviously they want to look great for work. Yeah. Um, but there are some people that actually are going through something a lot deeper yeah. and mm-hmm. that little thing that you've done, whether it's your makeup, whether it's mm-hmm. the hair, whether it's the styling, you've actually added a little bit of you into that person. They walk away feeling... 100 percent that is like that's it's kind of changed the way I see my clients now a little bit and having children yeah but I think sometimes it's also just about somebody um, it's it's being an unofficial therapist where somebody can just talk to you I think I don't even talk much and I think sometimes people just need that outlet yeah need that safe space to feel like they can just have that outlet and I feel like for me makeup for some reason has gone hand in hand with that yeah Um, definitely also that space where people can just have that outlet and I always say that even when I'm like training anyone 
that wants to be a makeup artist or whatever, I always say that, you know, it's important to 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 give off a peaceful energy to like because it's a like you're saying it's a crown that you that with you you work on people's crowns right and it's like like the face it's like you're face to face you're so intimate and I think it's important to bring peace in that environment in that time in that environment so it's so it's a weird I don't know I think it's just the way I see it I see it I I don't see it as just makeup like it's just a space it's not just makeup a lot of things are not just a lot of things that yeah Mm. a lot of things I think are not just anything I think a lot of the creative jobs are minimized into just being this or just that and it's just Mm. like no it's a lot Mm. more than that those things actually help someone's daily life like there are things there are people that I didn't follow before that I follow now because now it's so important for me to have that piece of myself Mm-hmm. so whereas I wasn't so much into fashion before like yeah. now I'm like no I have I want to look a certain way I want to present right. myself in a certain way because right. I'm coming into an age where I feel a lot more comfortable in my skin mm-hmm. um you know I've got I've got one child on the way and I've got another one to prove that I've mm-hmm. I've done stuff on this earth yeah. so yeah. I want to look the part I want to be pretty for myself yeah and you know I like the people that I follow the things that I want in my mind it's completely different to something that you know I would have looked at before which leads me to my next question mm-hmm. if you could go back to your younger 18 year old self what is the one what is one of the things that you would say to her I would say to her to trust her journey and don't be so anxious about what the future holds just kind of like do your best within like just keep doing your best and I think as long as you're doing your best you're always going to achieve what it is that you need to achieve out of it even if it's a negative in that time that you think is a negative it always ends up being a positive because you did your best you, it just wasn't meant to align with, with your future if that makes sense yeah it is that you're supposed to do like for me I um I tried to apply for Mac to be a MAC makeup artist. I can't even tell you how many times I tried to apply. And every single time I got turned down, um, I'll go to different, get to different stages and I'll get turned down. And then years later, fast forward, I was um, managing 40 senior MAC makeup artists on the fashion show, like in a show on London Fashion Week. Um, and I remember them like, I remember the night before we were doing the test run of the makeup and I had all these makeup artists coming to me like oh V is this okay or V is that okay one woman I actually even remember her interviewing me I remember her face and she was asking me V is this is, is this right won't like, he do it <laughs> I love stories and like that and I was like wow okay like this is it all those moments that I left all that I got those calls that I didn't get it and I cried and I remember the last time I said I'm not going to apply for this job again I cried. The lady was like, um, she said, I think they, they gave me the job. They told me that they were going to call me and they liked my interview or whatever. And then they called me to let me know that the person that I was meant to be taking over was getting their job back or something like that. And I remember I cried and I cried and I cried. And I remember saying to my, like, my, um, my son's dad, like, oh, like, you know, I'm just so useless. I'm just so rubbish at this. Like, I shouldn't even be doing this. 
how can I, you know, I've applied so many times. Like, I used to plan my outfits for when I get the job, you know, for Mac. Like, you know, they were all black. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Work in Mac. <laughs> now I, I get it. Disappointment after disappointment. But um, but the beautiful thing is I always, like, even up to this day when I'm doing makeup, I always wear black. Like, that's my uniform. So all those outfits that I planned were for my own self, for my own pockets, you know? I've been on jobs with makeup artists, but I have my price. They have their price, but my price, whatever my price is, if they hired me there, I've got my own price. I'm even getting paid more than some of them. I've been at jobs where I've got been getting paid more than official makeup artists, but then because V Chanda has set her own price so what i what my price is my price you get what i mean yeah it's it i would always say just trust your journey as long as you're doing your best and you're working your butt off to get to where you want to go just keep trusting your journey that's a brilliant one i think mine one of mine would have been don't go to uni really yeah i would have just gone and been a hairdresser because the thing is I trusted my journey after uni and and to a certain extent I feel like if I say that then if I erase uni I might have been pushed to do something else so clearly everything happens for a reason but um that going to and also me going to uni the thing that I left with are the beautiful people that I left with my best friends Mm. come from my uni experience um my maid of honor my wedding comes from my uni experience the person that I lived with the the people that I met the like those two people I think two people that I met at uni that I carry with me now and also the people whose hair I used to do at uni are now long-time friends and their clients so it's like yeah to a certain extent it's like if I hadn't gone to uni yeah I would have just started afresh and I don't know where I would have been that was probably just your only duty for uni that was the only thing that you but it's a hefty price to pay (laughs) a hefty price but then do you really like is there really a price on beautiful friendships and sisters no there isn't they're worth every penny they're actually worth every single penny that was like yeah yeah they're definitely worth it I mean the experiences the laughter for me uni was just a rediscovery of myself because I was very Mm. very naive before going into uni I was very sheltered only child my Mm. mom kept me away from things I wasn't like when I went to uni I went wild and when I say wild I mean like it was party 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 every day seven (laughs) days a week all drinking oh fantastic I was that girl I literally was the girl that was like what makeup didn't do makeup didn't do this didn't do that as soon as I landed at uni I was like you can I could go out past midnight (laughs) come and see Marie now so for me like that was discovering who I was right without my parents being around got it specifically my mum because you know I had always been the good girl and when I say like I went wild please guys it's not I wasn't doing the maddest drugs and stuff like that. It was yeah. just like, I was, I just felt free. Was you know, free. I went on my first holiday with friends. It yeah. just allowed me to be me to be and, yeah. and a bit more me than I was before. I can't say that I was sheltered in, in terms of my personality, but it's just the experiences that I never had. I have right. friends that were like, yeah, I was going to Shubs at 13. Who? No, I didn't even do that. And the thing is I had that, like, I, it's, yeah, for me, I had the like the luxury. My mom was one of those mums that just always worked. So 
she wouldn't have even known if I was. But I we I still stayed home. Same. Like, even when we did go clubbing, I still had orange juice. I'm thinking, what type of like we were like even and this was like even as eighteen or nineteen, I would still just have like we just didn't. Didn't work. This wasn't a wild trip. I was wild. Yeah, I mean, even now, it's just like, yeah, I'm gonna go home now. I'm just, yes, I raved for four years, and I was like, is that it? Okay, I'm done. I'm yeah. good. I'm gonna go home now. I'm yeah. actually a homebody. I don't know who I'm fooling. Yeah, right. I'm tired. I'm mm-hmm. so tired. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's definitely for me. It was just like, I think I would have done even if it was still go to uni and do something that related to hairdressing because. Literally at uni yeah. is when I discovered that, you know what, I don't actually want to do anything that I, I've i planned for here. I want to be a hairdresser. And oh, then wow. once I left uni, that's when mm-hmm. I pursued it. And when I pursued it, I was like, look, no one can tell me nothing. I've done everything that people wanted me to do. Right. Now I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to become a hairdresser. You can't tell me nothing. I, I don't care how many interventions I have. Yeah. That's it. That's my journey. That's <laughs> so, yeah. And. My next question is a good one. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Okay. Um, see, this one, I don't have, like, the, the only person, the first person that comes to mind would be my dad. My dad is passed, and he, I didn't get enough time with him. So he told me that I would definitely want to have dinner with him. Just, like, yeah, just say, hey, Pops, how are you, like, you know, how do you like what I've how I've turned out or yeah did you what did you expect of me and have I surprised you have I this have I that you know that would be nice um other than that I'm not really like a celebrity junkie type you know I don't have I guess I would like to have maybe a conversation with Tony Robbins I love Tony Robbins I love the way his mind and how he kind of talks about the mind and like my nerdy side of self like with the self-help side of things Tony Robbins would be one and then I'll say Rihanna because she's a boss and she's yeah. that can have fun and she she's cool my kind of girl I feel yeah. like Rihanna's my kind of girl I can have fun with her I can talk business with her and I can look we can like talk through outfits and stuff like that yeah and that's probably it but yeah other than that that's nice that you said your dad. So nice. Hello. So you have two kids. Yeah, for sure. How has motherhood, the motherhood journey been for you? And I won't say what's the best thing about being kids because they are the best thing. But what have you learned? What has motherhood taught you? Motherhood has taught me, because I was a young mum, I had to... Um, like I, I had to learn as well as pushing my career at the same time with motherhood I feel like I had to learn um, resilience from a young age like I had to learn to be like like organised in terms of like how I run my home and stuff um, so motherhood definitely taught me how to be organised how to kind of um, just to to set my goals and go for them because I mm. feel if anything like that being a being a mum especially being a young mum I feel like has been my biggest inspiration to kind of get to where I need to go so it's definitely taught me to work hard and to push and to go that extra mile um, 
and especially even when I was younger, I never used to, when I used to go for like jobs, even with a Tony and Guy job and when I would apply for like my little like retail jobs and stuff like that, I would never say that I'm a mum because um, I would, I found that when I used to say that I was a mum, I wouldn't get the job because then I would think, okay, she's young and she's a mum, she ain't going to come to work. So I had to find that I wouldn't say I was a mum until like later on when they see that I'm like, worthy and i've been working and i you know yeah oh yeah i'm a mom you know it's sad that it's that though it It is sad it really is but i had to so through that it it taught me how to really work hard and how to really just push that's what it's done for me for sure for the the most part and how do you keep saying um because there's a lot of hats that you wear motherhood freelance yeah. MUA and for I, me obviously your kids are a bit older so you've probably gone past the mad stage but for me keeping saying is a daily job like there are days when I lose it yeah and there are days when I'm on it and I want to know if this is this is going to be life from now on in it <laughs> I feel like it is yeah and you think you know what there's one thing that I also learned because again because I was a young mom I learned from a younger age that self-care is so important and I yeah I adopted very early on and I love my own company anyway like I'm a bit of a loner for the most part but I do love my own company and one thing that I do is I I go to spas on my own like every three months will not pass without me going to like a spa day a spa night a spa weekend um go out to eat by myself like you know I spend time on my own I think and that's something that definitely keeps me sane it's important for me to kind of get back to V get back to who I am get back to what I want because like you say a lot of parents a lot of mums get caught up into being a mum and they lose themselves yeah it just becomes all about the kids and I, yeah. I, the thing is motherhood is sacrifice anyway but it's like I learn pretty early on how can I be a good anything friend mom wife if I don't like myself at the moment if I don't look the part if I don't want if I don't want to get out of bed I'm I'm used to no one so self-care is definitely be something that I've been implementing yeah it's so important and one thing I always say to my friends that are like um, before they're having a baby or pregnant or had a baby or whatever, I always say, like, give yourself, like, I might be extreme, but I gave myself, like, a few weeks, depending on what type of pregnancy you have, but give yourself some weeks and then, you know, just to just to do the mom thing solely, but then give yourself, like, times where you have to be, like, you know, make yourself look good. Like, I remember having my daughter, we breastfe- I mastered the art of breastfeeding, whilst doing my makeup and doing my hair like I'll switch the breasts one breast while I'm doing this side of my face the other breast while I'm doing that side of my face do my hair and I could just be in the house but it's important for me to to feel good and I think that when you feel how and whatever that looks like for you you have to make sure you do it whether it be you know breastfeeding and reading a book breastfeeding and you know doing something of course it might not be breastfeeding because that's also an intimate time with your child but figure out a way of how you can you know spend time with yourself and make sure you do think something for yourself like I'd also put my daughter on my back and do my hair you know or put my daughter on my back and just fix my nails or whatever you know like I, I it's important to give yourself that time and I think that's one thing that um 
is so important as a mom. You can't. I used to take my son to baby cinema. You see that? Yeah. Yeah, I used to take him to baby cinema and just go and watch a film with other mothers there. Yeah. Um, And I used to go to brunch by myself. You see, yeah, all of that. With the baby. Mm. Um, he was pretty good, but yeah, I just refused to stay in the house. After a while, when yeah. all the aunties have come and told you how how wrong you're doing everything, you or know. I should do this this way, and oh, you should yeah. eat this and the, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go out. Yeah, I'll see you guys in a bit. Yeah, don't stress me. Exactly, because I remember I used and to field as well. Actually, I'll drop my son to school and then go over to my daughter to their school, and we'll just have a little shop and have a little, you know, play in that little like play area type of thing, and. It's important to have a like to keep, you know, keep keep going. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So as you know, we are deep in the lockdown COVID nineteen pandemic. <sighs> Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna tell my kids about this. I, I, don't, right? how, I no. don't know how I'm gonna. It's definitely gonna be an elaborate story. I'm definitely not gonna be like, oh yeah, we're just at home. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna create a whole movie. I'm gonna be like, yeah, it was Iron Legend. It, it was on us. It I is. was like, listen, it was like Avengers. Snap. It, Everybody went like it is, it is nothing like I've seen before. Um, I've had a roller coaster of time, and obviously with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, with obviously the Black Lives Movement and mm-hmm. it highlighting even more how much for me that we are never we've never been seen as equal and we we'll probably it would take a long time for us to be mm-hmm. seen as equal. Um, what has COVID taught you? One. So what's this time COVID in COVID taught you? Um, the importance of family. Yeah, and the importance of like, um, like you know, we can grind and we can make all of this money and we can do all of that, right? But the importance of time, like, nothing beats time with your loved ones. Like, nothing beats like, you know, losing the loved ones. Like with me, I've lost two uncles in the space of a few days, and and they weren't even like distant uncles. So for me, it was just like you know, simple things like. I was thinking about like with my other uncle I'm like you know he was so busy working we were so busy working last time we saw him was like a you know a family function and I'm like you know all of these things are just so like family is just so important when you love people it's important to spend time with them it's important to like have those calls it's important to whether you have to put it in your diary to say you know call auntie this call this cousin call this sister like it's so important and I think that's one thing it's taught me is that family is so important and in this time family has been like obviously family and I say family and also my close my my sisters my close friends and stuff like you included it's like it's so important like because without that I'm actually nothing like I think that's why I've learned too I think that's the main thing that I've really learned, and also that I don't have to be like I can make money from my bed. I make I can make so much more money than I thought I could from my bed. <laughs> like you know, things like even with the online classes and stuff, just so many things that it's taught me that we could actually make a lot of money without leaving our house. I mean, the world would actually still function very well. It, mm. it, I I know that after this period. 
a lot mm. of things are going to change if they've not started to change already. I know a lot of big companies like Twitter and Facebook have yeah. said that um, they do not have to have their staff come in and stuff like that. So I definitely, mm. I definitely understand. Yeah. I definitely understand that. It's given me, for me, it's just made me realise that, you know, what hairdressing is definitely what I want to do. Mm. But I also want to reach out and I want to teach. and that is something that I can do quite easily and Mm -hmm. still have so much time for my family so the online classes even though it's something that I've been working on it's not something that I was concentrating on because I want to be for the people but it's just one of those things where okay well when the people are taken away from you yeah and you can't come out of your house and do hair yeah what is what is what are you leaving what what is your mark because without people you can't do hair so you may exactly. as well find an alternative way to to throw that passion into mm-hmm. something and share with your community because you know what right. I've been a hairdresser 10 years and in those 10 years I have gone to classes I've traveled to New York to do classes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I remember being in that class with um, my friend Alison and I remember thinking this class has been made for cuts but this class is not cater for black people and I'm kind of tired of having to go to classes where we're not in the mindset of things we're not 100%. we're not the we're not the forefront we're not at the forefront of the thought process and um, they're thought about everyone else by the way they thought about you know Chinese hair types they thought about mm-hmm. Indian hair types but afro hair yeah Come is on, not something that's in there so like Super definitely yeah Super definitely my passion is to do that break that barrier because I feel like a lot of people don't even want to be hairdressers anymore hairdressers don't want to be hairdressers anymore because we know Mm. that especially in this country no one cares you think so not really look I I, when I was when I was taught hairdressing when I was taught hairdressing there was not there was a there was one little I think there were two modules that I picked up. One was braiding and one was weaves. Or was mm-hmm. it relaxing? Mm-hmm. Can't remember. But one was braiding, one was weave, and that was it. Everything else was just mm-hmm. European hair. Right. But because I was in a black hair salon, and that's where I learned all the skills that I've learned. But if I looked at the the two modules, they didn't teach me much. Mm-hmm. I just had to showcase that I could do two cane rows which I could do in my sleep, mm-hmm. and I could attach a row, which I could also do in my sleep. Right. And then the relaxing, put on the relaxer, but there was so there's, there's so much more to relaxers than just placing it on someone's head. And I learned all the technicalities of that when right. the actual companies like Caricare, Avalon, came into the salon and taught us what is in the relaxers, what different relaxers to use on what type of head that wasn't taught in in college at all and I'm just talking about the UK because obviously my early experience as a hairdresser has been here and even the classes that I pick up as well a lot of them don't talk about black hair they just talk about how to achieve said class and to be honest it's the majority the the majority of people here are of a certain which is why I say taking things back to Africa or even catering having people that cater that's why I'm so proud when I see that so many black people and 
are teaching masterclasses for wigs they're doing masterclasses for beauty they're just, right. like, that makes me so proud because I'm just like you know what you guys are doing your thing because right. if you go to a beauty class even if you go to the most famous person they're not going to necessarily show you something on a black person they're going to show you right. maybe on a Chinese right. they might show you on an Indian person yeah. and it's up to you to kind of be like okay that's that's the person that I can relate to mm-hmm. but it's very very unlikely that you go to a class and they're going to be like okay blah I've listened to podcasts about models who have done, had to do their makeup themselves. Hundred percent, yeah. Because the makeup artist doesn't have. I remember so they, were, you know, they weren't hiring us. They weren't hiring. Yeah. Like, think about so, that. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. It's just I get so proud because I'm seeing so many people. I mean, from the US to the UK, but I would love to see more of it being done for Africa as well because mm-hmm. we need to enrich. 100% back home and it's been something that I thought about before but it's becoming more and more prominent yeah, as and you have to remember the years go on and I think it's because obviously my son came into it and I'm just like okay what am I gonna do mm-hmm. for your life that's different from mine I know what my mum did for me so yeah. that I can have a better life but what am I gonna do for you so that you can have a better life mm-hmm. and that's what's probably triggered a lot of these thoughts that I've been quite silent about but especially during what's happened now with the George Floyd and things like that it's even amplified it especially during Covid before the George Floyd it makes you realize that we've had to create our own lanes it's like yeah that we won't get hired okay we'll do it ourselves that we've had to create our own lanes and I think that's what's so beautiful about our generation um and off the back of the whole black lives like we just thought okay well F it we're just gonna create our own lane and yeah but that's I feel like that's what our children are going to learn a lot from and they are going to be so much like I keep saying like our generation our children our children's children are going to be so much more like they're going to benefit so much more from all of all of what we've had to go through even with the whole movement and everything that's going on now I don't think it's I feel like it we are it is going to make us get a step closer it's going to be such a long it's it's going to be a journey but I I've never seen what I've seen in the last two weeks Mm -hmm. happen Mm -hmm. ever before so I know there's something very different about the movement that's happening now and I I'm one of those people I have these sort of chats in 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 the salon with clients we have all of these like how can we as black women do this and that but it's not something that I've been very vocal about online um because you know you want to be about peace love light but what it's, the reality is is that amongst ourselves we can do that, but that's not how we're viewed. So yeah, you know, not, yeah, reality is yeah. Yeah. So even though you talk about it in real life, I think social media is just that it's media, and 100%. we don't have our own media, so we do have yeah. to open up our voices. And I didn't really understand yeah. that until very recently. I'm mm. going to say because mm. until then I was happy to talk about it, but I just wouldn't put those like things on social media I would mention some things but it wasn't yeah. going to be very prominent but I think right. the louder we are mm-hmm. the more we are heard 100%. so yeah yeah so as an influencer what do you think brands and companies can do to make um for the can do for the black community I think like yeah from what most people we were saying like it's about hiring more black people first of all because if you have, have more black people oh sorry hiring black people 
because if you have more black people in your offices you have maybe you won't forget us for one (laughs) yeah and you can actually have a voice yes exactly you can actually have a voice and then for two it's like for instance I was talking to my friend the other day like even when we go to events it's like I'll go to an event like the certain events I'll go that mainly be white people there and when I get to the door they're already looking at me like girl you are not on this list and that was something that I just I actually just got used to and I was actually talking to my friend the other day and it actually upset me to the fact that it upset me because I, I upset myself I was quite angry at myself so like why have I why has this been so normal why has it just been okay why is it that I've just I'm, I'm happy to get to the door and kind of cue that you know five four three two one here they go you know like literally on cue and I'll be like yeah my name is there or sometimes you even have to prove it as much as like bring out your email to show that you've been invited and I'm like and you can see the other white women going past and they just call they're not even really looking on the list as well as as hard as they're looking at for my name on the list you know and these are things that are just so normal but if you first of all are hiring more black people not just a token black person like actually hiring hiring us in your establishments and then two working with more influencers that are black and paying them and paying them exactly the same amount you would pay other people like that gripes me why would i be why should i be paid a third of what you paid uh, yeah but and i think and i think what's important is like i was again having this conversation is that for the white people how white people can help in this situation as well is is you know tapping a black girl on the shoulder and saying i got paid this much for this job how much have you got paid you know be open with these type of things because you know people are also so taboo about pay and money and stuff like that i get that but i think what will help in the influencer industry is if you see somebody even doing a job like you know because normally when you when you when you're working with a brand you kind of can see that you know your your um like colleague influencer colleague has done the same job because you're obviously posting the same image or whatever you know dm them ask them how much they got paid ask them if they've just been gifted and if you know they've just been gifted and you can see their job is good is good enough like speak up for your you know your speak up for that person like i got paid this why did this person just get gifted especially if they're like the black person like this black person you know and that happens a lot black people a lot of like especially with micro influencers you find that a micro influencer will be, be paid will be will have gifted and on her post where a micro-influencer white girl would have, you know, she would have ad. And it's like, okay, how come? You know, and it's, it's about pulling people up. And it's true, it's about actually, you know, ha- letting your voice be heard and being actually being vocal about it and not just hurting on the inside. And I think a lot of the times, as black influencers, we might see something, we'll just be like, oh, okay, I guess my work wasn't good enough or whatever the case is. But actually have a voice, like, hit them up, like, actually pull people up. And my cousin pulled her church up the other day like she was dragging the church like nobody is nobody is in a safe safe zone at this point everybody's getting dragged everyone's getting pulled up on their on their behaviors and I think that's what we need to be doing yeah it needs to be a continuous effort because that's what our children are looking at as well then <sighs> yeah right. so some quick fire questions this is this is becoming my All favorite right. part yeah best memory best memory that come, yeah 
what comes to your mind? My 10th birthday, my dad threw me a really big party and it's always my best memory. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fine dining or takeaway? Fine dining. Yeah, I knew you would say that. Yeah. Next holiday <laughs> destination. Well, next holiday destination? Yeah. Oh, it has to be, I want it to be Jamaica. That's what I have in my head. Really? Yeah. I'm dying to go to Mauritius, man. I don't know, for me, Jamaica, I want to eat the food, eat the food. Yeah, I've been. Do you know what the Caribbean? I've I've been to where have I been to Dominican Republic, which was lovely. But I really disliked the food. Really? Yeah, man. That one wasn't it. It wasn't it. Yeah. It wasn't. And it's I'm a I'm such a foodie. When I go away, I'm just like, oh my god, I can't wait to the yeah. culture, the food. Yeah. I was like, w- once I heard fried cassava and green banana, I was like, no. That's not it. <laughs> Those two dishes, that shouldn't even be on the same plate. Sorry. No. Fried yeah. cassava. Yeah. No, it can't all be dry like that. Nah, uh-huh. It's too much. No. So, yeah. So, I, even though I really liked the country, I was really kind of disappointed with the food. And I don't know whether that was my experience where I was. But, yeah, um, yeah it's one of my top three destinations to go to. But I wasn't the biggest fan of the food, even though I did enjoy the seafood. But yeah. that was about it. But, no. I want to go to a place where it just amplifies how I love food. I want yeah, to go to like Mauritius, Jamaica. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for all of this to be over for us to see some sort of normality because I'm tired. Tired. I'm tired. I know, right. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been amazing having a conversation with you. Um, I hope the listeners have got a bit more of an insight to me and her thought process and her journey, which I find amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. And well, us, who's us? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. And hopefully this will be one of the many conversations we'll have in the future. Sure. So thank you, V, for coming on board. And thank you. yay. <laughs> I'm going to go mash up some food. Oh, trust me. Me too.